0: My weirdos. My
1: weirdos
0: So sorry this is I did, I said it during the episode And here I am in the intro Sorry this is coming out on Monday yeah. We've just been without uh, Iris, our wonderful nanny And this was the only time we had to do it
1: which is why you might pick up on our sleepiness.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're both uh, rocked from a full eight days alone with Leela, but it was great. Yeah. And the chat is great. Yep. And if you want to support, we'd love that you're listening. That's the best way to support. And if you want to support it even further, uh, try a Pete's pick. Yeah. Like the perfect jean. As you know, I hate a hard pant. I hate a hard pant I don't understand why it's 2021 And we're not all wearing comfortable soft pants That also look good The problem is it's hard to find ones that actually look good And feel good too Enter the perfect jean Literally my favorite pant I've been wearing them for months and months I never take them off Great look, great fit And super soft and flexible fabric that looks so good, no one needs to know. I was tired uh, for a long time, Belle, you had to suffer through this. I was wearing yoga pants in public like I was Sting or Russell Brand. I can't, I'm not Sting, I'm not Russell (laughs) Brand, I can't pull that off. No. But I wanted something that wasn't trapping parts of my body and restricting it like I owe it, like it owes me money. <laughs> These are hands down the best pants I've ever owned. Y'all wear pants? Y'all wear pants? Y'all wear pants This is a great and easy way to support the show. They're made of premium stretch fabric, 2% spandex, 2.5% rayon. For extra comfort and movement that your man parts require <laughs> nobody wants to sit down and feel like you're in some sort of medieval uh, torture device mm-hmm. these jeans stretch so my nuts ain't crushed and thereby they create the only true home from my bone <laughs> 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 they're specialized washing so the jeans literally feel as soft as a baby's butt you may even forget you're wearing pants and they're very high quality and durable constructed utilizing the highest quality materials and sewing techniques to provide you with a product that is built to last I would call these Pants high-end. Really, they're very high-end, but they're not priced high-end prices. Best of all, they're not your khakis. Fuck your khakis and spare your nuts. The perfect jean for the perfectly imperfect men. Just 60 bucks when you use promo code WEIRDO at checkout. Val? Promo code? Weirdo. Nice. Liberate your lower limbs with the one and only Perfect Gene. Whether you're working with lemons or lentils, a three-leaf clover, or a big old honkin eggplant, <laughs> the Perfect Gene has you covered. Take a peek at www.theperfectgene.nyc. That's theperfectgene.nyc code. Weirdo. For 25% off at checkout. That's only 60 bucks Show your support. Show our uh, advertisers that, that these ads work and get yourself... My favorite pants, hands down. This is also brought to us by our friends at Kitty Poo Club. Probably my other favorite ad to do. I love saying lemons and lentils. I also love talking about Kitty Poo Club. Are you a proud cat person? Do you love your cat, but don't exactly love a litter box being in your house and having to kind of like mine for gold, but it's actually cat turds? Well, Kitty Poo Club. Kitty Poo Club takes care of the more unpleasant parts of cat ownership so you can just get back to the good part, which is loving your furry friend. Working from home means more time with your cat means your cat walking over the keyboard in the middle of a zoom call and it means spending a lot more time with your litter box so let's get it clean let's get it easy let's not have it stinking up the house kitty poo club is a convenient all-in-one monthly litter box solution every month kitty poo club delivers an affordable high quality recyclable litter box that's pre-filled with the litter of your choice The boxes are leak-proof, eco-friendly, and even have a fun design for every season. And when the month is up, this is the best part, just recycle the box and Kitty Poo Club will automatically deliver a new one to you. No more changing used litter and no more cleaning the box. You can customize your order based on how many cats you have and choose from four different litter types. I signed my mom up for this. She has two cats. And she is not looking back. It takes the worst part of cat ownership and completely makes it a non-issue. Kitty Poo Club has a no-risk satisfaction guarantee that you can easily customize or cancel any time. And right now, Kitty Poo Club is offering 20% off your first order, plus a free dome, free scoop, and free shipping when you set up auto-ship by going to kittypooclub.com slash Weird. Just go to kittypooclub.com, kittypooclub.com slash weird to get 20% off your first order plus a free,
1: uh, weird
0: <laughs> dome <laughs> scoop and free shipping when you set up auto ship. One last time, that's kittypooclub.com slash
1: Free Dome. Valerie.
0: <laughs> that's club.com slash weird. And show your support of this podcast. Last but not least, I just got a nice little piece of fan mail about somebody that's added Ritual to their daily routine and they are loving it. Ritual is the multivitamin that both Val and I, and actually we got Iris on it too, take every morning. I do intermittent fasting, so one of the things I love about Ritual is that it goes... It doesn't upset your stomach if you don't have any food in it, because it has a time release capsule that waits until it's in the lower intestine, which is how these nutrients actually get into your blood system. I know there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you just pee out vitamins. Ritual is different. It waits to break down until it's in your lower intestine, which is where they can be utilized. Plus... We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why, especially when it comes to something we take every day. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly multivitamin is formulated with high-quality nutrients in bioavailable forms your body can actually use. No sugars, no GMOs, no major allergens, no synthetic fillers, and no artificial colorants. Plus, the fresh minty taste and delayed release capsule (laughs) design make taking your vitamins easy. I love it. I do it first thing in the morning. Uh, I drink it with warm water, if that makes a difference, and it makes me feel ready to start my day. Plus, as a veg, it's hard for me to get B12. Obviously, vitamins like D3 are super important for our immune systems. It's all in there, and not only is it all in there, it helps you, uh, it's traceable you'll always know what nutrients you're taking and where they come from, thanks to Ritual's one-of-a-kind visible supply chain. Now, for women, men, and teens, Ritual's multivitamins are scientifically developed to help support life's different stages. Your multivitamins are delivered to your door every month with free shipping always. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. I can attest is very, very easy. Their website is amazing. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll refund your first order. So get key nutrients without the BS. Ritual is offering weirdos 10% off during your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash weird to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash
1: weird for
0: 10% off during your first three months and show your support of the podcast. Thank you to our friends at Ritual. All right, everybody. Enjoy. We made it weird number 39. Wow. I can't believe it. Uh,
1: Thanks for going on this ride with us.
0: Thanks for going on this ride with us. Get the... Into it. (laughs) Yeah. I do my hair, toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? How are you? How are you?
1: Uh, No, no, seriously. How are you? (laughs) No, How are you? How are you? How are
0: you? How you? Um, How are you? Oh, let me light a candle. Ooh. I'm gonna light a candle.
1: Would you light my candle? I couldn't think of the the um, melody for that, and it just went really bad.
0: That's kind of a serendipity synchronous, because I was thinking about how on this podcast, I don't know if we've ever talked about how some people their entire personality is an overdramatic singing of the Via della Rosa.
1: Wait, what do you mean?
0: Like people that sing. Wait, I'm dro- <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I haven't started. Re- re-explaining it. I know. People who sing song like memories would be another example. Yes, but like they want to belt out a tearful song. Oh
1: yeah, and
0: that's that's like a one line description of who a person is. Like, yeah. come Christmas time, she sings Via De La Rosa and she cries. Yeah. And which you- one is that though? You know it, we've talked about this On the Via de la Rosa Is he... the path of suffering.
1: Is that a Christmas song though?
0: I mean it's a Good Friday song I it's feel like, like a...
1: the, the better Isn't example when you is... Sing, you
0: sing, is Didn't I that don't... person we know sing that for the Christmas special?
1: You, you... Oh, maybe, yeah Yes Yes, yeah but I always it's, it's think... It's
0: a Jesus song. You can sing any Jesus song at Christmas.
1: I was... Th- well, yeah. i was I'm 100% thinking-
0: JK. That's not really true, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down. I'm what are you thinking- trying to say?
1: I'm trying to say <laughs> that I think that your example is better... I totally agree with you. This is the type of person. I'm not, like, totally not this type of person. Like, in karaoke, I'm going to do the songs where I can belt it out. I
0: understand. But some people, and it's not even putting them down. Yes. I'm just saying, isn't it funny that you're like, who Sheila is, is yes. singing cats yeah. really loud and crying.
1: Yeah. Or what I was going to say is, at Christmas time, they're going to be the ones that sing Oh Holy Night. Sure. Because they're like obsessed with that. And tell the story about, have we told it on the podcast?
0: The Dolly Parton, I didn't get my big moment? Yeah. I think we've told it many times. Oh, really? I'm not positive.
1: I feel like we've maybe told it in our personal lives, but I don't know. You don't think we've
0: we've told told... it on the podcast?
1: Uh, Not since I've been around. Really? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe maybe you have. I don't don't know. I don't know. Uh,
0: I don't know. We need to take me down a peg. (laughs) I wasn't feeling a peg too high this morning. (laughs) I was feeling right on my right peg. I felt right on the right peg this morning. <laughs>
1: this is why we call you Peg.
0: Oh, my God. Take peg down a peg. <laughs> uh, okay, so I did a... It was very generous. It was one of those weird... See, this feels familiar, like me saying it would have been an episode of Crashing because I got an offer to appear at a birthday party. Yeah. And they were very sweet, and they were fans, I think, mostly of the YouTube stuff. I was going
1: to say, I don't think they listened to the podcast.
0: So I was you just... Can... I was, I, I'm not even putting them down. But here we go, sort of making fun of the night. Uh, it, it was a multi-tiered... There were so many lessons learned that night. Yeah. One was, I. I we got there, you came with me, which already is just like so much better than any like life with you is just so much better, and that's Aww. not codependence, but like. Comedians
1: But if it is lock me up <laughs> I
0: mean if it's codependence I'll sign I don't sign, want to be right. <laughs> I want to sign the Declaration of Codependence. <laughs> that, <laughs> we the Peter.
1: That was our marriage contract.
0: Uh, oh did they didn't that. sign a wedding contract, they signed a declaration of codependence. <laughs> that is ready for succession season three. Uh, love Succession. Um, oh, we love it. Less. Less. I don't even say listen anymore, I just say less. <laughs> so we got well. What 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 I was going to say was, so many times comedians do these things that would be fun if there was just one other person who shared your perspective. Yes. Like, I remember doing a show that was in the shadow of some rock that looked like a face (laughs) in, like, Native American lore, I believe, and now it's some town, and it's named after the face of the rock, and I was doing the show. I was on the same level as everybody. It was, like, just in a dining hall, and there was just a microphone near, by the tables. Like, you might announce, like, an engagement from this microphone. Oh you know, I've asked Brittany, and she yeah. said, yeah, it's that. And, like, you're just on the same level as them. And, like, the town was, like, Smallville. Like, they still had, like, a five and dime. Anyway, I remember going and, like, trying to enjoy it. But mm-hmm. if you're by yourself, it's really hard yeah. to mm-hmm. be like, this is, like, a weird dream. If there's one other person who shares your perspective, it is a funny Experience while it's happening. Yeah, it
1: becomes fr- like it is the difference between having kind of an uncomfortable experience and having a great story and recognizing that you're like, we're living a great story that's it.
0: in real time. Well, a story is the reprocessing of a weird event for another person and you laugh and that sort of heals the story. Yes But if you're with someone that you would tell that story, you can do it in real time. Yes And that's what was happening at this birthday party. Because we drive down, I forget where it was. It was
1: Newport, which is very important, I think.
0: It's Newportant.
1: It's Newportant because not everybody from Newport is this way, but probably if there's anybody from Newport listening, they know that there's like this stigma. It's like wealthy, white wine drinking, white
0: People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is funny, because that's how Newport, Rhode Island is, too. Really? Yeah, sort of, like, I think Newport wow. is, like, they wait and see how many Lululemons open, and then they're yes. like, okay, it's a Newport. Yeah,
1: there's enough Lulus here to be a Newport. <laughs> and
0: then you smoke a menthol cigarette, and you just love your life, because those are Newports. Oh,
1: yeah. Newport cigarettes yeah.
0: are a sponsor. I know. I, <laughs> I feel conflicted about it, but Newport.com slash, I know! No, I know. they I'm are just not. kidding, I'm just kidding. They are not. JK. Of course, 100% JK. Um, any whoozle-woozle. We get there. It's Newport. It's in a basement. And I remember the guy who hired me, the first thing he said was, I didn't think you were going to come. So he, like, hadn't gotten, or he got a confirmation that I was coming, but then he, like, didn't believe that I would actually come. You yawn wow. so much at the beginning of the podcast, so and it sorry. kills me.
1: I'm so sorry. but It doesn't you kill also me,
0: but I do... really want to yawn. I'm really sorry. It. It's just like kind of putting a balloon in your mouth. I like really
1: if, try not to, but then I can't. Not. I
0: don't want you to hold it in. But also, the, What's worse is the eye quiver. like your eyes start shaking <laughs> because you're holding a yawn in. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather the yawn, but man, it's, uh, it's uh, tempting to join you.
1: Well... I, I am sorry. And Especially
0: I, as I'm telling a story that you requested.
1: <laughs> I'm not bored. I know. I'm not yawning because I'm bored. I'm yawning because we have a two-year-old and I got up I with
0: her know. this morning. I, okay. I see. Also, I... I see Yeah, that, that one is ready to go.
1: I'm sorry. I'm going to try to rein it in.
0: No, now I feel like a total piece of turd.
1: You guys, I'm not allowed to yawn in this relationship.
0: <sighs> oh, my God. It's a Keith Rainier. It's a Keith, it's a Keith, a Keith Raniere. Raniere. Yawning to, is a He counts my calories. Count, I'm not
1: allowed <laughs> to yawn. I don't
0: count your cows. I count your yawns.
1: Yes. I'm
0: sorry. Now I feel like a real piece of shit. No,
1: I was yawning extra.
0: It was like the third yawn. I waited a, yeah. a, a while before I felt as a comedian, my instinct was like I have to call this out.
1: All of this is talking about yawning.
0: I'm trying not to yawn. People listening are yawning right now. We're having the butterfly effect re-yawns right now. Yeah,
1: that's right.
0: I guess that's good. A yawn is just... Well, that is... I was listening to old Eki Tolls and it reminded me of how he's like the whole... His whole thing can be boiled down to like conscious breathing. Mm. Because he's like, if you're doing a really conscious breath like, Which is what I, I'm going to do it right now because it's, it's mm-hmm. either this or yawning. It's like. <sighs> and he's right. If you're really focusing on the feeling of it going in, your your belly expanding, your chest filling up and all that stuff. Yeah. If you're really focused on all of the things that happen when you take a deep breath, you can't really think while you're doing it. Yeah. So it's this wonderful Why mantra list.
1: be present. And
0: I've been doing it this week. Yeah. So here, our yawn chat has yielded some delish fruit. I like to uh,
1: do focus on the beginning, middle, and end of the breath.
0: I like that. When we saw Akito's live, he would go and let's start with a conscious breath, and he'd do it, and then he'd go, and how about one more, and mm-hmm. then he'd go. And one more because that was so delicious. And (laughs) I was like, he is right. So I went to a lunch and at the lunch we were just, like it was a bunch of comics and just sort of talking, talking turkey, (laughs) you know, sort of making fun of things, laughing about things. So it was like not a very like levitating over the cushion sort of conversation, Mm -hmm. but what made it really special and present for me was that I just remembered Every 15 minutes or so, I would just take a breath. Yeah. And nobody notices. Like, you yeah. think they're going to be like, are you doing something weird? But they don't. Yeah, And it really helps.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anywho, I'll, I'll speed up the story, I guess. JK, JK, <laughs> so JK, JK, JK. But we got there and uh the show is fine. The show isn't really even the point. It wasn't even a show. It was almost like I went up and like talked to them and then i'd do a bit and the bit wouldn't work because it's like what is this why is he doing a bit of
1: like, Yeah, the show is an interesting part of it it's that it's a very small room and you're doing stand-up in a really kind of unnatural environment yeah like hiring a comedian is not like hiring a band
0: or a, even a magician yeah a magician you're like right away you're like i get it you're going to trick me and delight me yeah and a comedian like You have to, like, sync up with a worldview and a perspective and a tone. Yeah. And, like, it's just this birthday party, and there's, like, her grandparents were there, and there were kids there. Yeah. And I was just like, what do I do? Not to say I was just running out the clock, but I was kind of like, maybe I'll talk to them. I'll do a little crowd work. I can't remember much working. That's what's great about the telemarketer joke, is anybody likes that that joke. So at least I know I'll end on a (laughs) laugh.
1: Yeah. And I think it was a short set, like maybe 20 minutes or something.
0: I don't think it was. You think it was an hour? I think it was 45 minutes. If it was 20 minutes, I would have talked to them the entire time.
1: You're right. It was like 45 minutes.
0: And I was like, But I also got the very strong feeling that they didn't care... They were happy that I was there. Yeah, the wife was surprised, so that worked. Yeah, and then the set was totally secondary. Yeah, it was it was, it was more like a meet and greet, and just one person. Because when I say this, it's not false humility. If there were seventy five people in that room, two people cared that I was there, and it
1: was the it was pers- the
0: people that the birthday hired person you. and the person who hired me. Yeah, everyone else was not interested whatsoever. Yeah, and then afterwards, they were like, we had dinner with them. And that was, it wasn't the guy who hired me, but like I remember seeing the purple lipped yeah. dads talking to their children. Yeah. And like talking in that way that really brought me back to what it felt like to be a kid yeah. having drunk grown ups talking to me. Yeah. And like how grown ups think that no one can tell that they're drunk. Yes. And even though their lips are literally purple from wine, and they're like, you know what you should do? You, should, you need to bond. Bonds are the future. You buy a bond at your age?
2: Are you kidding me? Yes. And the kids are
0: just like—I can feel them locking up. Like there's yeah. something yeah. sort of unnatural and weird about it.
1: Yeah, that's—it's haunting.
0: And that informed me not wanting to want to stop drinking uh, because I was like, that is me. There's a danger of me being that way sober. Like, yeah. like I don't need. As Kumail always said, I'm two drinks in. All the time,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and as you said last night, I'm the only person that smokes weed, and it's cocaine. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm the only cocaine.
0: Everyone else seems to be like, yeah, we be jamming, and then they like <laughs> merge with a beanbag. Yeah, I smoke weed. Watch any Doug loves uh, getting Doug with high for evidence of this. It's a stimulant for me. Yeah, even if it's indica, whatever it is, yeah. I get party town excellent yeah because when i'm happy i'm silly and when i'm silly i'm stoned and when i'm stoned brother have a peach hand (laughs) 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 that was a joke just for mel
1: um yeah you you get to a place where you're like you actually really want to perform more so than you you do with even sober so like we'll be watching something and this is most of the time you have a little tiny bit of weed and it's not like this but if you were smoking like a full hit of yeah. weed, you would, we would watch something and then you would pause it and be like, you would just start pausing like every five minutes and going off, just yeah. talking. Yeah. And then this is where you say, you'll say like, ask me anything. Yeah. Ask, ask me anything, me anything it is really the is what What you're saying is, I just want to talk. So just give me a reason to I, talk. Actually,
0: it's worse. Ask Me Anything Stoned Pete is way worse than just like, I just want to talk. That would be kind of understandable. Ask Meaning like, oh, he's stoned. He just wants the fun of talking. And maybe that is part of it. Yeah. But it's actually worse and even more arrogant than that. Because it's like, I can answer any question. Right. It's like, when I'm feeling good in the neighborhood, I go to Applebee's. And when I'm stoned, I <laughs> I go to yeah. I go to Applebee's. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that there's almost... It's infinite possibilities. Yeah. It's the other side of my personality. It's yeah. Just anyway, this is a anyway. snooze and I want to talk but about I, you. But
1: I do think it is important to the story that we, after your set, we like snuck away and... Smoked a little bit of weed. Oh, we did. Yeah,
0: perfect. Because we
1: were like, "This is a weird environment. Let's be stoned." I don't
0: think there's a better choice I've made, and and that is whether or not you ever. I'm talking to the listeners now. Ever smoke weed or do anything? The moment of recognizing that what's happening is bizarre. So not when it's a story later. So we've already made this point. Yeah, to live the story as it's happening, yeah. is sort of the, one of the secrets of happiness.
2: Totally. It's like,
0: think of a good Thanksgiving. You're like, this is bizarre. The ones that I've been like at the table going like, well, we don't even know how many of these there will be. And I was right. Yeah. Some of the people at that table are gone now. Yeah. And you're sitting there and you're like, what the fuck? Yes. It's living the story now
2: yeah,
0: is even this story. Yeah. Even this story of that podcast we did, like, it really helps me drop into it and go like, I don't have to enjoy it later as a story. That's the curse yeah. of the stand up, is everything is it'll be funny later when I talk about it. Yeah. But a life well lived and a good life is just going like this is fucking insane. And and enjoying it now. Yeah. And the weed did help. Yes. And then his wife was gonna sing a song, and this yeah. is what brought this up. Yes. You tell it I'm I'm spitting too much
1: No So yeah So then it was like We're moving to a second location Which
0: Oprah says never do
1: Never Does Oprah say that?
0: That's kind of a dark joke But like That's that's one of her pieces of advice To avoid bad things Oh yeah Don't go to a second location Yes you
1: know. I have heard I think it's on 30 Rock Where it's like Never go to a second location But it's like Because it's a bad party Or something
0: Oh interesting I don't know Anyway. Even though it's a sensitive topic, I've heard other people (laughs) make jokes about don't go to a second life agent somewhere. Yeah, okay.
1: But we go basically from like a banquet hall. It's all in this giant hotel in Newport. We go from a banquet hall to like a lounge area. And the people really were so kind to us. It's more of a story about how we were totally out of our elements. And finding ourselves with people, though they were kind, were just so not our people. Yeah, I think they were,
0: like, hedge fund managers or something. Yeah, something Which
1: isn't like that. Which like, I don't even know what that is. I don't so. know what it is either. <laughs>
0: but they were they were wealthy and sweet. Um, but it was... I'll say this about the, the very, very rich people I know. Yeah. I've known. Not that I'm close with. But they tend to, like, uh, buy... They'll buy it. Yeah. And specifically with music. I've seen a lot of opportunities where it's like... Yes. Oh, like, if we were super, super, super rich... And you loved singing, I would hire Matchbox Twenty to come and play and you'd sing. Yes. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Like instead of grinding it, yes. let's just get to it. Like I can get Ziggy Martley here yes. for hundred and twenty thousand dollars and I'll just have my wife sing with him. Absolutely. Like that's like a real rich
1: that's a real rich, Uber person, rich person move. And this is judgmental, but there's something a little bit sad about it to me, about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay.
0: (laughs) Because, dude, you can broaden it out. It's not just the uber-rich trying to buy uh, a rock and roll moment or whatever. Yeah. It's just the law of the universe. We talked about this on other podcasts. It's like, there is no cheating it. Yeah. Like, things have meaning because we invest time and effort into them. Yeah, And that was a real breakthrough I had on the pod where I was like, oh, the reason I want to teach Lila to, like work for things mm-hmm. or, like, save up for things is because it'll make it... It better. actually will make it better for her. That not is... just to be like... I know I already said this, but not just to be like, That's the world doesn't give it to you. Yes. You know what? The world can give it to you. Yeah. I've been given it by the world in a lot of ways, and it means diddly shit. Yeah. It means diddly shit when it just happens.
1: It is the law of the universe. Lisa Gunger and I were just talking yesterday about how even, like you suffer and then on the other side of that suffering or because, but like, because of that suffering, you experience this like rich, this richness and this beauty and this openness. And like, we were saying that both of us will sometimes just be like, like God, like sometimes you can be like, that's such a beautiful design. And sometimes you can be like, what kind of bullshit design is this? Why do I have to suffer? Yeah in order to have the like candy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, well, and then I was like, but that is our thinking mind making a judgment on the suffering is bad. The non suffering is good or the working hard is bad. The reward is good. Yeah. And really I was, we were sitting and there was like this beautiful, the way the light was hitting the tree. There was like this beautiful shadow light pattern and I was like, "It's really just as
0: it's arbitrary exactly the as
1: we." As and pointed bad. to the shadow and was like, "This is bad. This like points the light." You, you this are is such good.
0: a smarty pants. Yeah, right. Such a natural. Talented mind,
1: but because that's exactly it. And you're right that that is the law of of this reality. It's, it's not
0: just the law of like Western twenty first century living.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just the, the way the it is. Yep.
0: A cave person, uh, Homo erectus. <laughs> why why rob ourselves of the joy of saying Homo erectus is walking you said around? Hobo erectus. Hobo erectus. I've seen a few of those in New York. <laughs> Oh, no. You ever look down the wrong alleyway <laughs> to see a hobo erect. <laughs> it doesn't matter you could be living in ancient Egypt or whatever, like you need the shadow and the light and yeah. buying the the experience is just a spotlight. And, and it you feels think, unnatural. And it feels unnatural. It's yeah. like in The Matrix where they say we made the first Matrix a utopia and we lost whole batches of humans because they couldn't accept it. Wow. They couldn't accept a world that didn't have suffering. Yeah. Because you know, just as you breathe in, you have to breathe out. Everything is the in and the out, the in and the out. The whole fucking thing is built on two. Yeah. On in and out. Yep, On one thing splitting into two. And as soon as you do that,
2: mm-hmm. there's
0: two sets of values and one person's going to be... Getting their needs met Or maybe not getting their needs met That's a grotesque oversimplification Yeah But I think of Pee-wee uh, The Pee-wee movie Not the old one Uh-huh Where there's Herman I think his name is Herman
1: Uh-huh And he's Pee-wee the rich pee Herman
0: Oh my god <laughs> You Got me to my core Pee-wee Herman I think it's Norman then <laughs> You are such a savage you just sliced me in half with a samurai samurai sword. I go, that sword's been samurai. That was such a dad moment. But I- There's another guy, it's Pee Wee's Playhouse movie. I think his name is Herman. That
1: is specifically your dad moment.
0: You mean, or you mean my dad? Your dad. My father. Yes,
1: your father would do that exact thing.
0: I'll never forget. He told, we were going to, I was going before GPS. This is an old man's story. (laughs) Directions were such a point of stress in my life.
1: I love this story so much. I love this story more than I should.
0: Yes. The one I'm about to tell? Yes, I think it's so funny. I'm thrilled. I'm getting the opposite of a yawn. (laughs) So much of my life... I had a a therapist, my first therapist, Dr. Schur in Brooklyn, told me to get a GPS. Mm
2: -hmm. I
0: I thought you had to subscribe to a GPS. So I, I, like, it was like this weird, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Even though I should have been the first one to get it, because directions used to stress me out so much. Yeah. Because my father grew up in Boston, can drive around Boston. He literally does, (laughs) seemingly, with his eyes closed. Like, he's just gliding. Yeah. Like, my dad just glides like a water... Pouring in, out of a pitcher That's how it, He's just moving <laughs> He's disobeying traffic laws he's But he somehow gets there as if he were walking He's driving <laughs> That's hilarious Because that's what My friends said about me They said you drive how you walk
1: Really? And they
0: weren't complimenting me <laughs>
2: Yeah
0: They were saying it was bad But I was probably driving like my dad mm. Anyway We're meeting at the Kernwood The Kernwood restaurant <laughs> <laughs> And I said How do you get to the Kernwood restaurant? And he goes It's right off 128 and I go, what exit? And he goes, uh, Kenwood. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'll see you at 6. I'm on 128. I know it's in Waltham. I don't know where it was. Yeah. And I'm leaving Waltham. And, I, and it hits me. I'm like, Kenwood exit for the Kernwood restaurant? Like, he just said Kernwood minus one letter it's not the exit. And I was like, so... And that is such a dad.
2: A uh, Kenwood. Ken
0: <laughs> but he said it with dad authority. And I just was like... Oh,
2: my God. I
0: didn't, I didn't even have the dimension in my awareness to think that my dad might be wrong.
2: Yeah. That yeah. I was just
0: like, okay, Kenwood exit. <laughs> and then in the car, the reason it f- felt like more significant than it was. And the reason why it remains a story is because it's that moment where you realize your dad is fucking wrong all the time. Yeah. Every time we go through a revolving door he goes, Who invented the revolving door? And we'd go, Thomas Jefferson or something. Yeah. I don't even I don't even think we'd say Thomas. We'd say Edison, Thomas Edison. It's not Thomas Edison. It's not! I googled it. It's not Thomas Edison. But guess where it's still Thomas Edison? Old Kenwood exit still believes it's Thomas Edison, even though it's not. I think
1: I've been with you when you told him that you googled it, and it's it's not. And he's like, it doesn't even register.
0: But watching Succession and watching The Crown, I'm going to say it again. I know I said it already. We think we want to humiliate our dads. I really think this is one of the deep, deepest hidden truths of reality yeah i really believe this super strongly Mm -hmm. like it belongs in a sacred book or something yeah we think we want to break and humiliate our dads but we don't yeah we actually secretly i'm saying i secretly almost existential kink style like that my dad was like covid Mm Schmovin. i'm going to dunkin donuts even though I'm like, fuck that stuff, stop, stop it. I'm saying deep down in like a, in a subconscious way, I'm like, yeah, my dad is taller than a mountain. Yeah. Nothing can stop my dad. Yeah.
1: Your child self wants to believe that your dad is invincible and the rules don't apply to him. He's this like
0: big safe superhero. And if he got, if he did, I, I'm not sure. I don't know if he did or not really because he, he never got tested. But he if did. there was that part of you, this weird part where you're like, oh, he'll get it and it'll be terrible. And you'll be like, see dad, this is what we were trying to say. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I think if it had been, obviously not talking about anything serious happening to him, but just like having a bad um, time, being laid out by it and being like, fuck, I should have worn a mask. Yeah. You don't actually want that. Yeah. You don't want it. I'm saying for me, I can't speak for other people. Yeah. But I have come to terms with the fact that I do not want to say to my dad, I told you so. Mm -hmm. I don't want to break him down. Yeah. In fact. It's embarrassing to the the degree to which my child self needs him. Yeah, and I see it in your dad too, like this, like oh yeah, weird sort of nothing's gonna stop me ness. Mm
2: -hmm. That
0: they were as I'm talking about my dad now. As when I was a kid, I kind of need it. Yeah, like you don't want Robert Downey Jr. in Iron Man. To really be broken, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. It's 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 uh, that's not you don't care as much about him as your dad, but you yes. want these like irrationally strong figures. Even so, now we're t- we're watching Succession for the third time. I love it. It's
1: so good. And
0: Kendall is trying. It's what the whole show is about. If you've watched a trailer for it, you know it's about a younger, the oldest son trying to take over the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, this whole monopoly thing. And he's, like, trying to basically steal it from his dad. Yeah. And if you're really... If I'm really watching myself, even though you think you do want him to do it, you don't.
1: Yeah. And that... Like once it actually comes down to the moment where Logan Roy, the dad, is, like, being confronted and finding out...
0: That he's being betrayed. this
1: is some real child psychology stuff. I focus so much on in that scene... On the subtlety of his face expressions. Oh yeah, when because that's he's where finding out that he's about to that he is being betrayed. Because that's what you do as a kid. You're
0: like it's why we're both empathetic and sensitive. Yeah, and I think observant people. Yeah, is because I could read my father's face yeah. the way a meteorologist reads the radar. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I had a FaceTime with my parents this weekend. And from the moment my dad came on, Mm -hmm. I said, Dad, you look great. And what I was really noticing was a million little facial tics, uh, meaning textures. Like the eye wasn't wrinkled here. The the face was slightly smiling here or whatever it was Mm -hmm. that in half a frame, I was like, He's in a good way. Yeah.
1: And, Not, your, and your child self relaxed. Child felt, self
0: put his feet up. And just like we always say, went, ah. Because that's yeah. what he thinks. The kid doing an impression of a grown-up relaxing. Yes. He's putting the hand, interlocked hands behind the head. Ah. Lindy and then does that now. I was right. Yeah. He was in a great way. We had a great conversation. Yep.
1: Well, that's why, why we don't want to humiliate our fathers. Is really like our child selves... Want more than anything and did put everything, like, did everything for the purpose of making your parents happy and pleased with you so that you could survive. Yeah. Was like, these two people are who I depend on to survive. So if they are happy and well.
0: You're basically a dog.
1: Yeah, yeah, then I will. Then I will. Not in a bad safe.
0: way. Not yeah. like you fucking dog. No,
1: we're animals. You go like these you. feed
0: me, these walk me.
1: Yeah. So I'm
0: going to pay very close attention.
1: Yeah, so of course we don't want to destroy them because our child selves, which for most of us are very much still alive in our bodies, uh, don't feel safe if they if right. our parents are destroyed.
0: Right. Yeah, I that's been a, a huge yeah awakening for me. Yeah. Thinking a shattered, broken dad going like, You were right, you're better than me yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. This isn't my fantasy in particular. Yeah. I actually would like to uh, keep him as is.
1: Yeah. But also <laughs> this works it's that's also <laughs> the better thing too, is you like you can't change them anyway. That's right. So it is good. And the that's,
0: best... the, that's the celebration realizing you don't actually want to change them. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's like not only can you not change them, but you wouldn't want to anyway. And the life favorite way of dealing with parents in the most of, like effective way has been to realize that a, adult Valerie can give child Valerie everything she needs yeah and can protect her so so and my parents are are wonderful and a lot of times it is a collaboration if if it's a visit where i'm like oh look they are giving child valerie some love here i can let her open to that oh wait this is not necessarily totally safe for child Valerie so I'm going to protect her here Mm. and I'm going to be so in my adult self that there's no re-wounding that can happen to child Valerie in fact I do usually send her away Mm -hmm. we've talked about this like I send my child self to like boogie boarding on the beach with my brother Mm. and then I just am so in my adult self and what happens is That I'm not relating to my parents then as a child needing something from them. I'm just relating to them as, like, adults. And it opens it up for them to be whoever they are. Yeah. And that's okay. It doesn't doesn't wound me.
0: That's right. It reminds me of a childhood house. Yeah. Like, my parents moved out of the house that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And that felt really weird. Yeah. And I think in the same way that you kind of miss... I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. I don't miss it. Yeah. But like it feels weird that they would move to another place. I think that it's similar. Like, I don't know. I, I think I've already said it. It's like thinking that I want them to change is, is not true. Yeah. When I think of who I want my father, if if I did have this thought, like, boy, it would be great if my father or my mother was this way. I'm actually thinking of attributes I want to have. Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. So going with the house analogy... You don't need them to live in a better, different, kind of more spacious, more light, whatever house. You move to that house. Yeah. Like they're, the way that I always say, my dad texted me some quote uh, and it was like, read it every day. It only takes one minute. And I wanted to reply, as I always say on this podcast, that's over.
2: Yeah. It's done. Yeah.
0: You, you don't have to dad me anymore. We can just, we can just be, we can love each other. And, but you don't have to like assume the role of like,
2: yeah. I'm going to
0: explain this to you. And I'm like, but then I'm also like, Pete, you're done. Like, you're yeah. done trying to change them. That's also over. Yeah. The war is over. Yeah. The kids trying to change the parents, the parents trying to change the kids. Just lay down your arms. Yeah. And just go, this is the house. Yep.
1: Mixing totally. metaphors. I loved it.
0: Anyway, what I was going to... Oh. oh, no, go ahead. What?
1: No, we just also have to finish this goddamn story.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So she... We go in the upper area.
1: Yeah, and they invited us, and it wasn't like pressure, but we kind of did feel like we needed to go.
0: Well, it's one of those situations where it was a, a well-paying show. Yeah. And then you... Because you only do 45 minutes of, like, Actual. lukewarm... <laughs> B- bad comedy. <laughs> it took 2 hours to get there. Yeah. I think they got us a hotel room they too. Did. Yeah. And we're like this is really above and beyond. Yeah. And then we're like they were like oh my wife is going to perform a song after this. We were like well we're going to stay. Like it just yeah. felt like only decent to yeah. stay. Yeah. So it's happening we're waiting we're waiting.
1: The the they hire a band that's kind of like a uh, bluegrass Kind of like Indigo Girls style band, and I
0: think they were like a good. They were a really good. They band. were a really good band. Yeah. So this is one of those situations where you're like, let's let's skip around all of the like practicing with the band, grinding it out with the band, yeah. touring with the band. Just get a really good band, and uh, Veronica will sing with this band.
1: Yes, and I think everybody, including the singer, was pretty liquored up at this point. Yeah, it was the end of the night. Yeah. So she goes up to sing uh, "I will always love you," and because they are like a folksy, bluegrassy kind of band,
0: they play the Dolly Parton. They're playing version.
1: the Dolly Parton version,
0: and which, which now I think this is the first time I'm realizing this. Which means they never rehearse.
1: Yeah, they must have never rehearsed. They just told them she,
0: she loves wants singing, to sing, and I, I will, will always, always love, love you, you. And, and she a- wants the Whitney Houston version.
1: But they didn't say that.
0: I know, but she—that's what she's thinking—is that song. Yes, she's but like I have that. bluegrass band is like, oh god, the Dolly Parton song.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And she m- might not have even known that Dolly Parton did that song or yeah. wrote that song.
0: That feels right. Um, so <laughs> that feels correct.
1: So she sings and it's fine, and um, but it doesn't
0: have the. Boom. It doesn't have that.
1: Yeah, exactly. But we don't know that that's, you know, we don't know that that's missing from it. She sings and it's and it's lovely and fine. Um, and then, but it is always, it's just kind of always embarrassing uh, when somebody is like, you're at my birthday party and I'm going to sing for you. Like, I don't know. There's something kind of embarrassing about the now- shamelessness of of that. Um it's just so transparent. Well, it's in a little way bit like that, what a child would do.
0: Oh sure. And in the way that I felt obliged to listen, everybody felt obliged yes. to listen. Yeah. And it's a strange look, when it's your birthday, you have a magic wand in your yeah. pocket. It's your birthday. Yeah. So you can go Let's go to the beach. And everyone has to be like, let's go to the beach. Yeah. And it's a strange thing to take out that magic wand with the star on the top. You're picturing it just right. <laughs> and wave it and go, listen to me sing my big song. Yeah. And we're like, all right. Yeah. Again, even as I'm saying that, I could see it being beautiful and great.
1: Yeah. I, I was thinking of some friends that I have that maybe would do it in, in a like a cool way that
0: people could enjoy and celebrate. There's just that. no investment. Meaning... They never rehearsed. We've uncovered yes, that. There's
1: no investment. There's no.
0: There's no. It was just I want to rock it. Yes. And that's what's skipping ahead. That's the spotlight, not the light. The sun shining through the trees and making the tapestry of dark and light. It's just the cold hard spotlight. Yeah. No texture. No nuance. No suffering. No pain. No sacrifice. I just want to go. Hen-ah!
1: And, <laughs> and, and I have want everyone. All my friends look. be like. Yeah. yeah. It's so... It's I want to so do chink-
0: karaoke good. for you.
1: Basically, yes. Yeah. But, like, blow your mind.
0: And blow your mind.
1: So we... we Like, she sings. We applaud. She comes back. We're sitting next You're to... You're sort her of glazing husband. over the
0: fact that it wasn't good. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. I it don't know why. It was very, like... It was <laughs> yeah. kind of like quiet. Yeah, the band was too loud. This is not
1: somebody who really can sing. This is just somebody who likes to sing. Yeah,
0: maybe. Yeah.
1: Um, and Pete and I like kind of do a thing. Also drunk. A, also drunk. Pete and I ha- do this thing where we're at when we're at a party. Uh, or t- talking to anybody, where we like slowly squeeze each other's arm,
0: or like to the intensity of the level of discomfort.
1: Yeah, so or if like you're slowly. really
0: uncomfortable, you really squeeze really hard at the end.
1: Yeah, but it's, it's there's something about the like gradual squeezing, like yeah. it's tightening, or we'll like slowly push up against each other. But it's just a, a way of being like we're gonna talk about this so hard For the rest when of our this lives. party is over. Yeah. yeah, so we were definitely doing that. And then she came, we all applauded, and she came back. We were sitting next to her husband, and she came back. And the first thing she says was, I didn't get my big moment.
0: I thought it was big part. My big part. I didn't get to do the big part. I didn't
1: get to do the big part.
0: And we were like, there's something. Okay, so his name isn't Herman. But in the Pee Wee movie, there's there's a rich kid. And his bathtub is a swimming pool. Yeah, And as a kid I was like That's the greatest thing in the world mm-hmm. Like my parents used to take me to The candy store In uh, Cape Cod Falmouth, Cape Cod Would walk to the candy store And you got one candy mm-hmm. And it's been a hard learned lesson <laughs> That if someone goes in and says You can eat all the candy you want yeah. Suddenly candy isn't that great Yeah, And there's like a real version Of that here It's like here's the band, here's the song Here's your friends Everything is just green lights the whole way. Yeah. It's actually the red lights and the and the little fender benders along the way
2: yeah. that
0: make life meaningful. Yeah. Even for me, as a comedian, that was not an ideal situation. It wasn't... I wouldn't call it a hell gig, but when you got there, if Greg Fitzsimmons had been there, he would have been like, this is a real hell gig. And he would have been right. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: He would have been right. So I guess it was sort of a hell gig in a sense. Yeah. And now <laughs> the joy and the meaning... Like I just did a set on Sunday And it was okay But I I always say I was better than the audience On, on a lot of nights I'll come home and say I was better than the audience that's, mm-hmm. that's how I'll put it If I'm firing 10 out of 10 And the audience just isn't warmed up yet or whatever Sometimes I'll say I was better than they were It was good, but I was a little bit On Sunday they were better than I was mm. And I The reason I don't Begrudge that deficit That dip in the graph, yep, yep, is because I know the next one, you go up with this energy that you couldn't buy as like an inhaler. If you could, all comedians would want it, which is a drive and a desire to redeem that bad moment.
1: Right. And at the
0: beginning of stand-up, it's only dips. The first 10 years is just dips with like maybe a joke would work, never the whole set. Mm -hmm. And then it that... If you're able to alchemize that suffering into drive, now I sound like Tony Robbins, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That's that's why, so we're talking about you can't skip it. You have to do all the shadow stuff. Kumail and I consider each other uh, some of each other's best friends, mm-hmm. right? I haven't seen Kumail in a very very long time <laughs> And Chuck My roommate from college Still would be like That's one of my best friends Haven't talked to Chuck In a, a really really long time Yeah Years Why? Because college was traumatic And we were together mm. Starting stand up was traumatic And we were together It's oh, those wow. like Foxhole friends Yeah
2: trenches. That you go like
0: It's trenches Yeah And you don't make friends At the all you can eat buffet in a, In a swank resort You just don't Unless you can break away with somebody and be like, Jesus Christ, this is some hollow shit. Yeah. Which is why it goes back to reading my dad's face. Mm -hmm. If I'm talking to somebody and I get the sense that they don't know how to read a face, just sort of like a a fearless, baggageless, easy person (gasps) that just seems to be coasting. Yeah, And I know my life, I have a very charmed and blessed life. It's a beautiful life. And it's informed, it's anchored by a guy who's like, I could tell by that person's face, I could be wrong, that they're not safe. There's something off and wrong about that person. And if I'm at a wedding and someone else notices that, I'm going to stay with this weirdo at the back table.
2: Absolutely. And that's the
0: richness of being a weirdo. That's sort of what we call weirdos, like paying attention. Not to say that they couldn't be like airy people. I don't mean airy, unintelligent. I mean light and beautiful people that yeah. don't necessarily analyze every face they see for danger yeah. that don't enjoy this podcast.
1: Yeah. But I know what you mean there. You want like a depth of, I actually was just talking about this. So I, I went to for the first time in a, obviously a very long time, uh, a party where I went to a party with Lisa Gunger and I didn't know anybody there and it was outdoors and stuff. But, it, but this was like the first thing like that for, uh, you know, that I've done in over a year And I came back with so many stories, and it felt like even the drive there was, like, up a very weird, windy road where you're looking on the map, and you're, like, you're basically doing, like, a U-turn, but you're not, and, like... And we're like, where the hell is this thing? It's like, like the
0: mountain is written in Arabic. Yes. Like it's up very swirly and dots and exactly. beautiful like that. Exactly,
1: yeah. And that might be a very specific L.A. feeling too, because it's like always a house that's going to host a party is going to be up in some of the hills. It's like every neighborhood in L.A. pretty much has like the hills version of it, mm. and that's the fancier thing. So it felt very L.A. kind of in that way. Um, and we're like, where is this? And we're laughing and it's so weird to f- find it. And then
0: cause you're with a person. So you're, you're living the story in the moment. Yes.
1: We had so much of that experience. Um, and then, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to drive back down this in the dark. Like, but, but it, it, it just felt like from that beginning, it was like a short story. Mm-hmm. And then every interaction I had, because it was so novel, I was like, I got to fucking write this. Like it's so this is so remarkable. Yeah.
0: Tell him about the guy. I'm
1: going to tell about the guy, but what I wanted to say what made me think of it you saying the like I want to talk to only interesting people is um
0: Well, I don't let's yeah. Or, uh, I like said that, but
1: Sorry, only
0: Lots of people can be interesting, but I I'm I think of a better word would be sort of wounded wounded people. Yeah. That's
1: yeah, I guess I'm making that like, that is what's interesting. But, yes, you're right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I... Well, first of all, this is a little side note from the party. Anne Lamott says in Help Thinks Wow, she says... What did she say? She said... Oh, my God. <laughs> she said something about, like, somebody who who doubts God every day... Like that's who I want to sit next to at a dinner party. Oh, wow. Yeah. You just want that, that solidarity. And at this party, we were, Lisa and I were talking to this lovely couple and really hitting it off. And they were saying that they had talked to somebody at that, somebody else at that party. uh, And she said, she made a joke like, it's been a great year, huh? You know? And the person was like, yeah, it has. I got this done. I got this work thing happened for me. I'm in a relationship and was just like talking about what a great year it was. And we were like, that's so inappropriate Uh. (laughs) where it's like, I'm, you are happy for that person, but there's something to, I was like, it's, it's kind of weird to do that without recognizing that it's been a hard year for, Uh, Almost everyone. Oh, yeah. If
0: you're going to talk about how great your year was, every third beat of that song has to be, I'm so sorry for all the suffering. I acknowledge all the loss. I acknowledge all the people who died, all the people who were sick, all the frontline workers, all the family tension, all the isolation, all of the breakups, all of the divorces. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah. And I said, I was like, I think the only appropriate way to really do that is to be like, I know, it's been a tough year. I had some surprising silver linings though. Yeah. Or whatever. I find a lot of people like, that go I
0: secretly liked it. Like I, I find the adverb secretly yeah,
1: yeah, to yeah. be
0: uh, nice. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, because I did secretly enjoy a lot of my, my quarantine, but I, I yeah. sort of have to keep that to myself. Yeah. But as really I say it was it this on a podcast.
1: It was this larger thing that that's funny. Um that like it can't, it, it kind of broadened to. I was like, Yeah, I guess what I'm looking for in uh, somebody I'm having a conversation with at a party is like some something where the subtext is, Hey, is it? Just me or is it like kind of pretty hard to be human? Yeah. <laughs> and then the person's like, yeah, it's like kind of really hard for me too. And you're like,
2: yeah.
1: oh, thank God it's not just me. Like, that's what I want. Whatever we're actually saying, I want the subtext to be that. That's right. That's because right. Because you, you, I said one of the most beautiful aspects of humanity and being human is that we can find, we can commiserate Mm -hmm. and we can find solidarity in in the struggle and connection in the struggle.
0: I feel like it's funny. Commiserate even sounds like a word like collecting. It's like the suffering and the boy, it's strange to be here or aren't our families weird or aren't our emotions weird or aren't the happenings around us so strange or aren't other people sometimes so jarring? That, to me, is like the sand that makes the little deserted island.
2: Yeah. And
0: then the rest can be the palm tree and the sky and the ocean can all be beautiful. Yeah. But it has to be built on, like, a sand of, like, what are we doing in this ocean? It's yes. This is crazy.
1: But, but it is beautiful. That's such a good example because that's part of the beauty. It's not like...
0: It's not an ugly thing. Yeah, it's just... I like the sand. Yes. That's why I got my tootsies in it.
1: That's why I'm always building my house on the sand.
0: (laughs) I think you misunderstood that parable.
1: I thought it was like, do you want to live in a city or on the, <laughs> on the beach.
0: Yeah, I don't want to live on the rock. Get me on that sand. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's
0: one guy, Jesus is <laughs> preaching, sand. I want sand. Get me on that sand. <laughs> one of the funny things we thought of last night, and I I wrote this down in case I ever do host SNL or something <laughs> like that. I have my sketch folder, and one of them is Oscars for background actors.
2: Yeah. Because
0: every once in a while, we'll be watching, and there'll be a background actor formerly known as extras, that kills it. Yeah. Like, because they're really featured. Uh And we know that if a background actor is hogging the camera, doing something unnatural, being too big, because they know they're on camera, it's their moment, to, like, gather the friends around and go, look, I'm on the show. But if they nail it, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of a shot in Succession where... I think it's Kendall walking down a busy New York street. Mm. And what I didn't even know before I shot a show in New York is every person on that street is a background actor. Right. Almost always. Sometimes when we were in the West Village, we'd use real people. And that was tricky. But if you're doing a take, 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 and they're the same people from every angle, it's because they were corralling them and and sending them on the same schedule. And every once in a while, we'll see somebody on Frasier or Succession, and we're like... Sometimes we see somebody and we're like, they're chewing up the scenery. They're ruining it. I can feel them cutting around them. They don't want to show them. Yeah. And every once in a while, you see somebody that deserves a background actor Oscar. Yes. That drinks the coffee and makes the small talk with the friend, not just passably, but actually interestingly and worthy of praise. And I love, actually, it would be something fun to do in real life to acknowledge uh, these these background actors that are acting. Yeah. They're doing a type of acting that is completely un- underappreciated. Totally. From my experience, a lot of background actors can be sort of wacky and strange. Not always. So it would be hard to find those, those diamonds in the yeah. rough that but are like... but that's
1: what makes it more important or impressive when you get somebody who's really trying because also... You're it's not really anybody's fault, but like it's such a grueling job and you're being herded around like cattle and there's You have being, a number. They're being kind of talked to like children on a field trip.
0: OMG! Like a summer camp, they go. If yeah. your birthday is between January and March, leave. It's yes. like what the fuck. And then is they'll be like, "Quiet on. down,
1: people. I'm not going to tell you again." Like There's a it's lot like, of that. It's just like, ew, these are adults." And then, but I get it. Like I understand that that might be how it has to work. But, um, but and they're doing take after take, and they're not even really sure if they're in the shot or not. Yeah. And so there's just so many reasons to be like a slacker about it.
0: Oh, yeah. So if you find somebody that, like...
1: really working.
0: I still remember the guys. It was two uh, African-American... Do we we say black or African-American? I'm not up... I didn't check...
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm
0: not sure. I think you can say black, right?
1: You you definitely can say black. I don't know which... Wow. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: I feel like I'm going to say black.
1: Yes, you should. Because I
0: feel like that's the respectful good one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> two black men. Because African-American, even though in the 80s, was like the flavor, like that's what you do. Yeah. Now it feels like, why are you shining such a huge light on someone's ancestry? And also, like,
1: you don't know that they're from Africa. That's right. Yeah.
0: Could be a Dominican. It could be a, a million different things. Yeah. A Jamaican. Yeah. But Africa. I was African-American. <laughs> it's, like, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, So these two black men, mm-hmm. because I don't know their heritage, and it's not important, Uh <laughs> They were having this fake conversation that was on camera for like three minutes. And I'm telling you... They deserve background actor Oscars, and it would be so fun. This is like a TV show. Yeah. It would be so fun to find them and surprise them.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
0: they might not even still be doing it, or certainly they're probably thinking nobody ever gave a shit.
1: Yeah. Was this on Succession or Frasier?
0: It was on Succession, although we saw someone on Frasier recently that was bad. Yeah. Sometimes you'll see an actor, a background actor with, like, first of all, their hair is way too loud. It was like bleached, white, yellow. This guy
1: was, yeah, the bad guy.
0: And they had him in the coffee shop on a Monday, and then like that Thursday, they're doing another scene, and he's there, but in a different sweater. (laughs) I'm like, that's bad. I forget who's in charge of the background actors, but that's bad background casting. Mm -hmm. You can't use Billy Joe from 90s Green Day in two scenes in the same episode.
1: Way more. Get him out of here.
0: Get Get him out out of here. Unless you're going to call it out. It's yeah. like the birthmark on my butt. I don't mind showing it, but there has to be a line of dialogue going, is that Australia? <laughs> Otherwise, Val, you got to cover it up.
1: I used to.
0: You used to. I That's used to true cover love. I the
1: to makeup before a love scene.
0: So the, when I was lighting the candle, I went, don't you steal my candlelight? Oh. I think it's Tori Amos. Uh-huh. And that is another person. If you drink red wine at a keyboard in a small apartment and sing Tori Amos so loud mm-hmm. that everyone in the complex can hear it. That's all I need to know about your personality to get a pr- pretty good sense.
2: Yeah. Like you're yep. sort of,
0: you're passionate. You fall in love hard. Uh-huh. You're very loyal.
2: Yeah. You're
0: fiercely loyal to your friends. Yeah. You love a good journal, a good book. You're kind yeah. of a bad driver. Yeah. Because you drive with your heart, <laughs> not your head. Yes. Uh, and you're fun unless you're not. And you sing Tori yeah. that's all you need at night.
1: yeah, well, going back to this party that I went to that was kind of I was really enjoying even though it's not great, I guess, but I was really enjoying having you know like if you if you are having a conversation with different people that you just met, I really was kind of like, wow, each person and each conversation is like a whole it's a whole thing. <laughs> It's like, it's different rooms of a house with like different themes. And I would just get so immersed in like the room of this person and really was enjoying like, okay, so you're this type of person, which is such a snap judgment and is, and I know is not true, yeah. but it would be like, you're a Tori Amos kind of person. Got it. Okay. And really having a clear sense of like a moment where you either melt into each other or you both kind of realize, like, I respect you. You're not for me, but like, keep doing your thing. See you later. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, like, there's this one guy who was really lovely, and we started talking. And one of my favorite things about Lisa Gunger is that she uh, kind of has no filter. And, and she, even though she is aware that like, she's such a mystical, kind of witchy woman. <laughs> Um, She'll just get right into it with anybody. So she started talking about her friend who saw a body worker who was like this Reiki witch who and the the friend was like, like flopping on the table by the end of it. And like we're talking to this guy and the guy is so not clearly not buying it. And then he said, she said something about fascia and he's like, fashion? And she's like, no, fascia. And then we're trying to explain what fascia is to him. And he literally went, hey, like a friend was walking by or somebody he knew. And he was like, hey, and like tagged the guy and He's like, good to see you. And then we started introducing ourselves to this person and he t- walked away.
0: He did the handoff.
1: He did the handoff.
0: It was a sneak play. <laughs> It's like in, I don't play football, obviously, but there's a play where you give it to the halfback or
1: I, something. I don't know.
0: It's the quarterback throws the ball to this other guy to be the quarterback.
1: Oh, Like, sure. he's
0: allowed to throw it. Ah. It's a great play in Madden. Yeah. And uh, that's what he did. He <laughs> yes. was quarterbacking your conversation, and <laughs> then he gave it to the halfback. I could be wrong.
1: Yes, absolutely. He stayed the minimum amount, too. Like, as soon as we yeah. were introducing, yeah. he was like, see ya.
0: Hilarious. And
1: it was... I, I was feel like this <laughs> man
0: deserves a back. Background actor award <laughs> yeah. because I and I would say this to Lisa uh, to her face I I wouldn't change her for the world mm-hmm. and she will jump into something like a reiki session <laughs> with less consideration than someone with my damage whatever yeah. her flavoring is isn't as hypersensitive to being like. This person doesn't give a fuck what fascia is. Yes. Which is what's great about her. This isn't shit talk.
1: I love... It. It's but, one of my favorite things about her, yeah. truly.
0: And, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm definitely a guy that can go on you and on that. about something. Yeah. And with no regard for whether or not they're interested. Because yeah. it's my free time.
1: Yeah, exactly. When
0: I'm doing stand-up, that's when I'll be really worried if people are following me. But at a party... Yeah. I didn't pay a cover to get in. You're going to hear a story about how a banjo has one down-tuned string or whatever. I don't know. Some <laughs> if that go- was some good example. Some good yes. example.
1: Enter your good example here. Um, but yes, this the thing you referenced and this was the highlight of this party, and it will be a story for us forever. It was exactly the experience of having someone else there to witness this. And if it had just been me, it wouldn't have been a great story.
0: Look at this episode as a theme.
1: I know. And even as I'm going to try to relay it to to all of you now, I won't be doing it justice. And Lisa has been having the same experience trying to, to communicate this to people. And, like, it's not working. Yeah. We can't transfer it. Yeah. So it was just for us in this moment. But we were in the kitchen at this party. And we met this guy who looked like a very, like, handsome surfer. I think he was 30. Lisa thinks he was 38. (laughs) He was, like, even his age was kind of vague. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I
0: love this story. Really
1: tan and, like, long, like, bright blonde hair. And he was wearing a... Like, jeans and a white shirt and this very cool sort of, like, tapestry vest that looked like, kind of like a rug, but, like, Mayan or something. Cool? It was cool. It sounds not cool, but it was pretty cool.
0: (laughs) Sounds like something Shrek would wear for a holiday.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It was more Norwegian than that. Okay. (laughs) Um, But Lisa was like, hey, I like your vest. And he was like, wow, thank you so much for that compliment. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool, okay, uh, and he was like, "Can I tell you something? I am a poet, and i write- I wrote this book, and the book is over, well, not over, but finished and uh, and I've been wearing this vest every day as my inspiration because I believe that in what we call so called inanimate objects are very like. Uh, alive and and this one, whatever the energy of this specific vest, it just harmonizes with my soul.
0: I feel like everybody that wears vests probably feels this <laughs> way.
1: Yeah. And like, I'm doing a pretty good impression of how his voice was and his dialect, um, which comes into play. But then Lisa was like, Oh yeah, I can tell that you're a poet being so generous. Because uh, already I was like, "Go boy, <laughs> oh oh, go, go boy, go boy, <laughs> go boy." And um, and then she, Lisa was like, "You know what? I think I need to get a, a riding vest or like a writer's jacket. I could totally see how that would be like uh, I, the benefits of that or whatever." And he's like, "Do you want to try it on?" <laughs> She's like, "Oh, uh okay." <laughs>
0: he passes it to her through the air and it floats.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she tries it on and um and then we I went, "Where are you from?" And he was like, "Me, where am I from?" And and Lisa was like Italy and I was like Sweden and he's like kind of like saying no and like getting like bashful and and Lisa was like Germany and I was like, "Okay, let's stop guessing." Just tell us where you're from. And he was like, oh, I mean, okay, so I haven't had wine in a very long time. I've been very, very uh, uh, sober or intentionally sober while I finished my book. And I just had so much wine. And, but like me, I'm from New York and my mother is Italian and she's short and stocky with the thick ankles and she would walk. I mean, I'm really, I really like. You're not adding. I'm not adding. I just wanted you to know that I was recording this. In my memory, because I knew it was valuable, so I am saying what he said <laughs> and how he said it. So my mother is Italian. She had thick ankles. She would be walking with the aunties, and they would be talking about the neighbors. And I wanted so desperately to hear, and I would follow them into a church where there were the flies, the bees, uh Sorry, the beads to keep out the flies, and the cat in the corner licking the forearm. And I would say, "Mama, I want to hear what you are saying." And then. Uh, and then, um, (laughs) and she would shoo me away and that was desperate and maybe that's why I have a complicated relationship with, uh, Catholicism and my father is no Norwegian. So maybe that's what you're picking up on. That's what he said. Yes. And he like had dropped the accent.
0: Like, oh, I thought that was you dropping no, the accent. No, he like... So he went with wine. Wine's pretty strong. Yeah. Then he went with like a complicated snow job on like how he grew up yep. and his complicated relationship to Catholicism. Yes. And then he goes, and my father's German and that's baby, and my, Yeah,
1: but my father is Norwegian. And, and then he was like, and I did, I got my master's in Sweden and, and lived in Denmark and I Spain. I can't believe
0: and, somebody with this accent at this party wasn't already fielding where are you from questions. I
1: know. If I started
0: talking like this, the first question I'm anticipating is where are you from?
1: That's right. And I think what was happening was he was like, as he got drunk, which he started to answer the question with the It's like when I get stoned,
0: I talk like a stoner.
1: Yes. (laughs) And he was saying like, I haven't had wine in a long time and I had a lot of wine. And then he was hanging out with his two friends who were Spanish and so I think he was like picking up on their accent a little bit.
0: I mean, I um, relate to all of this, but if I went up to two fresh people.
1: yeah, Well, I could I don't see know. me going
0: either. I could way. see you
1: doing it. That's true. Uh but but then if you <laughs> but, mix in like like pretentious, unself aware poetry man, <laughs> that's where that whole thing happened with the detail where you're like He's like trying to sound interesting by flowering up a story about just right. where he is from and we were not buying it so hard that it was so funny. Yeah. And after he said all of that, Lisa went, "I actually have a really similar background." <laughs> and he was like, "Really?" And she was like, "No."
0: Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Oh Cuz it was just such
1: a ridiculous thing. Uh, And then he just kept being more and more like that. At one point, he played a poem for us. We, like, started to talk about Coke, uh, Coca-Cola. And then he played a poem for us that was, like, sharing a Coke with you. And we were all just kind of listening. And afterwards, when Lisa and I were debriefing about this, she was like, I mean, that poem, like, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> like there's just so not we were just so not buying into what I think he thinks is charming. And he was like, How do you, Val, how do you occupy your time? And I just kind of like answered and was whatever, trying to be like my party charming self and and then he asked Lisa and she answered and And then we were like, how do you occupy your time? And he's like, Mondays and Thursdays. The accent kept coming and going. So it was was like, didn't drop after he got busted. We're like, you're just an American.
0: (laughs) This is like Alec Baldwin's wife, that whole thing.
1: Did she have a fake accent?
0: Yeah. I don't remember. That was a big thing. I don't know all the details, but apparently like... There's some news clippings where she's like, and you need to use EVOO and like being really something. And then later she doesn't have it. And then later, I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I always think of how Ryan Gosling just openly says he's just doing a Marlon Brando impression. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's what I'm doing as a comedian. Yeah, like this isn't my vo- like twenty years ago. This wasn't my voice. Yeah, like I figured out yeah. a different voice.
1: Oh yeah, when I sing, I'm just doing you know Phoebe Bridges. I don't even. I,
0: yeah, I. I. Yeah, that's interesting. I think you're doing other people. Uh, I mean, mean, not her. I, a blend, certainly a blend. Uh, some Phoebe yeah. in there, but uh, you know other others is Regina Specter.
1: Oh okay, right. Uh huh. I'm thinking. Yeah, I think that probably we'd get, get in there, too, because I've listened to her so much.
0: Yeah. Um, is that the Dolphin song? Yeah. Yeah. That's That doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> anyway, so we just kept talking to him, and, um, and then... Oh, we asked him how he spent his time, and he said... Um,
0: Monday and Thursday. <laughs> yeah,
1: Monday and Thursday I go to the hot springs, and I soak, and then I read a little bit, and then I... Right. And then I go surfing at five o'clock. And, and we're just like, how are you, how do you make money? <laughs> what do you do? Um, and then the best part was at one point he he literally said this exact sentence where he was like, I just finished one of Bukowski's books at sunset yesterday. At and, sunset. <laughs> yep. And he went, and with the thing about Buk- Bukowski, whether it's uh, poetry or Crows is that um, he has this. He tells the story, and the content is the same. It's it's alcohol and women and sex. But and then I really lost him because it was like my ears started ringing. <laughs> Where I was like, you cannot talk about Bukowski at this day in this day and age at a party without being like, I know how that sounds, but
0: it's <laughs> so funny. He it's like he was doing. A character.
1: Yeah. he was like he was doing a character. Exactly.
0: And this goes back to the, our kind of people. It's like our kind of people would never do that without going like, I know I'm being the guy in a vest exactly. talking about Bukaki, Bukaki, Bukaki at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because it does make us feel safe.
1: Yeah. Because yeah. we've just, there is this self-awareness of like... Uh, yeah exactly I just it's just like you're so this character and what I told Lisa afterwards is I wanted to be like Yeah, no, I get that you're doing this whole thing. But, like, who are you? Mm. Like, who are you? Yeah. (laughs) Because this is the whole thing. And I want to know who you are. This is something you would do
0: your semester abroad in college. Exactly.
1: It felt so freshman year of college. It's
0: the guy who studied in Oxford for one semester and comes back to college with a slight British accent. Yeah. And you're like, it's just like trying a hat. Yeah. Because you're wearing a hat for a month and we're all like... Everyone knows the hat's gonna go, and
1: it is a totally acceptable thing to do in college. But this guy was just a little too old for it, and this is very judgmental. And I guess I'm just in that mood right now. But it's fun, um, yeah. But the, the the like finale of the story is we like parted ways with him. We talked to a bunch of other people. Um, there was a golden retriever named Griffith there who was so cute. And we ended up, like, kind of, Lisa and I just, like, hanging out with the kids and the dogs. (laughs) Hmm. And then as we were leaving, I – he was like, goodbye, Val. And I was like, oh, goodbye. And then I looked at him and I went, wait, did you change your clothes? And he had done a tip-to-tail, full wardrobe change at this other person's house. (laughs) It it included a hat. A different... Like, he wasn't wearing a hat.
0: And now there's a hat. And now
1: there's a hat and completely different sweater and pants and shoes. And I called him on it. I was like, wait, did you change your clothes? And he went, well, uh, you know, I've been naked riding uh, for so long. And I went... Okay, so you just have, like, extra clothes to wear? <laughs> <laughs> like, a, I don't understand. And Because
0: it's, it's not an answer. It's not an answer. An answer would be like, yeah, I brought another outfit and the energy, I was just feeling like changing. Yes. it's totally fine.
1: Yes, I would have accepted.
0: But have, I've been I really making writing back. poetry for so long that I brought two outfits <laughs> yes. to this party. Yes. I would love to find a way to put everything you just said into... One of the scripts I'm working on because well, it'd be pretty funny. I
1: told Lisa when we were driving <coughs> home in the dark on windy roads, <laughs> uh, I was like, I have to immediately write all of that down so that Pete or somebody can use it because it really belongs. It I, The party itself already felt like a Noah Bombak party and like this character just belongs. Or a
0: Duplass maybe. Or something, yeah. It's, it's funny, it, there is a theme to this episode and it is. Other people help us enjoy an experience as a story while it's happening. Yeah. And that's what... If you were at that party and that was just happening, you didn't have a friend, you would have just been thinking about telling me the story and that's when it would have sort of found its full expression. Yep. But that's the value of a friend. Yeah. A friend is a person who sees a situation through the same lens as you. Yeah. So you know the story is the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And it can be one of my... It's one of those things where we've been talking about this recently where your wounding becomes your superpower. So, for example, I was using... I mean, your clear example is stand-up where your wounding made you have to control a room to feel safe and to bring laughter into tense situations. Yeah, if I could make
0: the family laugh, everything would be fine. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And mine I'm finding you know, people on this podcast know, like, or who listen to this podcast, we are the people on this podcast, (laughs) um, the people who listen know that I, my wounding is often, I often describe it as like mirroring too much or like really when I'm with somebody, I will almost energetically control them by quickly figuring out exactly what they need me to be. And then just being that so that I feel safe. And guess what? When you teach mindfulness, that's a superpower. Yeah. Like I can, I'm guiding these meditations and I can really feel myself sort of enter the other person's energetic field and just know, like guide the meditation as if I were in their body. Yeah. Um, And. I love that.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's great advice for everybody,
1: for anybody.
0: Yeah. Is if you can find a way to where you're. I don't want to say defect, but your damage becomes your power. Yeah. That's a great feeling.
1: Yeah. Jennifer, my therapist says, like, turning wound... Well, and I think this is a, a a term that people say. I don't think she coined it, but, like, you turn your wounds into wisdom. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love it, too. And that's also kind of the theme of this episode is, remember, it goes back to the working and the suffering being all part of it and yeah. being the... Like an essential part of it.
0: I know, I mean, I think about it with Leela. I, I actually um, yeah, I was just thinking about Richard Rohr talking about when you're seven, you have a wound it doesn't It doesn't have to be a big like cinematic wound, but something happens mm-hmm. where the world shifts,
2: yeah. from
0: just ponies and lollipops, and that's when you sort of enter the second phase, not of life, but just like the next area.
2: The yeah. next level, yeah, but it
0: comes from a wound, yep, and that, that finding ways to alchemize and celebrate wounds, not only as talents, mm-hmm. but also as like homing devices to finding other people. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's a bad version of that, which is your wound uh, is unresolved, and then you just look for people to wound you in the same way, right? Because yes. that feels good to you, yeah. Although there's a piece, f- maybe not for the person doing that. But I can find a peace in going, like, that's what they want. Mm. Like, a big thing for me is, like, why don't people just go for, like, happy and peaceful and comfortable and safe? Like, yeah. it seems like we could all agree we want that. Yeah. You could say that about the world. Yeah, We all want peace, comfort, happiness, and safety. Mm-hmm. Well, then why can't the world get along? Mm-hmm. It's because there's these other forces at play.
2: Yeah, And to
0: take it out of the global political you know, atmosphere and just say like when someone starts hanging out with friends that are challenging or strange or weird or like that re traumatize them, it's because that's what they want.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I just recently had this because
0: it's what they need. I did it. Yeah. I dated somebody that was wounding me in a way that I can't explain it fully, but I was like, I wanted to be sort of not, not tortured, but I wanted the ups and downs of a of a really exciting roller coaster, almost as if I was like, "Look, after this, I'm going to meet Val, and it's going to be Little House on the Prairie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to date Heavy Metal the magazine."
1: I mean, I think I'm a little
0: sexier than Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> no, I just mean like I know sweet mean. and and yeah. Of course, you're exciting. I didn't mean to <laughs> no, I take know. that I away know. from you. I, yeah, I know. No, what you mean. I, I meant more like our life with Leela. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, no, I know what you mean, but I. Uh, I totally just experienced this with a friend where I think it's also people want what's familiar even if that's the painful thing
0: which is when this isn't good right so using your wound is a home a, a resolved wound yeah but, a converted wound
1: but you were talking about how you can find peace in dealing with other people once you realize that that's what they're doing. Wounded. Yeah. And and that's what I just experienced with a friend who, like, has a lot of, understandably, a lot of, like, abandonment issues and, and fears of being left out. And I just kept finding myself in situations, like, before I even knew it, where I was in a position of leaving this person out, like, excluding them. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know why... I keep doing this. Like, I can't understand. I don't do that usually. And the one person who really cares about that and gets really upset, I'm constantly doing that to her.
0: Right. And And this brings up the kink. It's like, are they mobilizing you to do it? Because they subconsciously sort of want that to happen. Yes. Like watching an episode of a TV show you've already seen. At least you know where it's going.
1: Yes. And in hindsight, I looked. And I mean, this is me just like, kind of having no business diagnosing this person or whatever. But for me, from my perspective, when I looked back on interactions with her, I could see how she set it up for me to leave her out. And I think that that makes perfect sense because if you're afraid of being left out, you kind of almost want to just make it happen. Like if you're afraid of something, you're like, just get it over with. Just like make it happen so I don't have to live in anticipation of is this going to happen to me or not yes and you have a little bit more control over it if you're the one that sort of made it happen Mm -hmm. as opposed to like going in fully trusting that somebody is not going to exclude you and then them excluding you
0: well so one of my core negative beliefs is that like family is sort of bullshit Mm
1: -hmm. and that
0: everybody's sort of really secretly out for themselves Mm -hmm. which is why I related to Don Draper because they were always like he has no people he has no family. He doesn't understand family. Yeah, I was like, I can struggle with that. Yeah, so I think I did a good job with this, but I did feel what you're talking about exactly—an impulse. I had to fight a desire to believe that Lila was our daughter, and your parents didn't actually care about her. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. because I go like because I'm still looking through the lens of like you're just people and you don't really care about this but I had to fight through that meaning I was fighting the temptation to not encourage a bonding Mm. because I know where it ends it ends with you guys betraying it or Mm. abandoning it Mm. or letting us down in some way Mm. so I'm like There was an instinct, which I think I definitely fought against, Mm -hmm. to be like, let's not even fake the bonding, because we all know this ends with you guys moving to Florida Mm -hmm. and retiring. Mm -hmm. So, like, let's not even pretend like this is going to be... you're Mm going to be her grandparents, because I don't trust that. Yeah. Yeah. And my family did the best they could, but it wasn't really like... I didn't have like the, the generations And the understandings And the yeah. the bonding with the cousins And this and that yeah. So I, I I have to fight against that wound And again when I say wound It doesn't have to be huge and traumatic It's just like that mythology Was never given to me yeah. I call it the Fast and the Furious Mythology which is like mm-hmm. family is everything yeah. I don't trust it So hard Well that just wasn't your experience And you didn't. you don't have a reference for it
1: and specifically with grandparents, you never had grandparent, the grandparent experience, really.
0: Because I think I think maybe I was protected from that from a similar sort of place Fear. from my parents. Yeah. Let's not pretend like you're... They also spoke Lithuanian, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so was, there was a language barrier there. So that, that wasn't a valuable lesson. Yeah. But this is why I get so incited. I think we maybe already talked about this, but on Wall Street... Which is on HBO Max It's sort of Something we sort of I don't, I don't want to say Hate watch But we watch it Knowing that it's not Oh yeah
1: The great. Wall the It's Mark, Mark Wahlberg's Alders.
0: Docu-series Yes And he says And it has other CEOs Being like Everything I do I do for my family Yeah And I'm like That's I mean, what I'm saying Is absolute Bullshit mm-hmm. And they do it On Succession too He goes Everything I do I do for my kids Yeah And it's like Why... Me and Chris Thayer were talking about this recently. It would be so refreshing if they would just be like, I love supporting my family... But everything I do is because if I turn down a movie and Jason Statham does it, it drives me crazy. Yeah. I love the feeling of being on set. It's fun. Yeah. I love going to a new country for three months and shooting a movie. And you know what? Existential kink. I love pretending I don't love it yeah. and that I miss my family. But then I love telling people that I do it for them, even though we know you have $300 million Yeah, and you're going to make $20 million on this movie. And the difference between 300 and $320 million is absolutely zero. Wow. It's the truest zero of all time. Yeah. But like it's a very western story and maybe I'm full of shit. I don't mean to throw shade on Mark Wahlberg. I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. I We just watched the other guys and I was like blown away. Mm-hmm. But it triggers something in me that my dad would uh-huh. say everything I do is for my family. And I'm like your family is more nuanced and more sophisticated than you know. Especially as they get older. Yeah. And yeah. you can be like yes I love supporting you but like when I do stand up I don't go out and go, I'm doing this for Val and Leela. Yeah. I'm doing it for me. Yeah. Because fulfilling me helps me fulfill Uh you. But I don't go like, this is how I put food on the table. Like, when I started touring after crashing... We didn't need to do that. Yeah. I liked to do that. Yeah. It was a part of my identity, and it felt good. Chris was being really funny. He was like, what if they were just like, the reason I do it is because it's never enough. Yeah. No matter how much I do, it'll never be enough. Yeah. And I'm afraid that if I stop, I'll disappear.
2: Yeah. Or I'll die. Yep. The,
0: The machine will slow down, and I'll die, and I'll go away. So I have to keep rebuilding the story of Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. So I have to do it. It's a it's a matter of life and death for me, psychologically speaking. Yeah. But all that comes out is I do it for the kids. The kids are fine. You said that to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, in a very vulnerable moment, I'm embarrassed, meaning still to say this, I was like, well, Lila won't know what I do for a living until she's probably like 15, mm-hmm. 14, maybe 12 mm-hmm. is when she'll really kind of have a sense of what her dad does. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what I'll be doing in 12 years. That's just the nature. 12 years? Yeah. It's just the nature of this business. Like, I could be totally washed up, overdone, nobody wants to work with me, I'm out of ideas, whatever, yeah. so maybe I'll just be like a weird guy farting around the house. And you And you said, she doesn't care what you do? Yeah. You're her dad. Yeah. Like, I was still building, like, I need to go out and bring home a fresh mastodon every day. Yeah. And you're like, all she cares about, and now I'm blending some Eckhart Tolle in here, is that you're present with her, that you okay. actually listen to her. I had this revelation recently where I was like, I really hope I've, I've been converted in, in this sense. This is my goal. Mm-hmm. So much of the first part of my life was wanting other people to think I'm special. I'm on an airplane and everyone just goes, that guy's glowing white light
2: yeah
0: and now I want to shift that to I want to see the glowing white light coming out of everybody yeah that's the real that's the real shit yeah is if you can witness and and see everyone else's divinity and beauty mm-hmm. is way better than everybody just seeing yours mm-hmm. and that that felt like a real breakthrough for me yeah absolutely. and if you're gonna and if you're gonna chase the the fun of doing movies and stuff. I think it's a generational thing, and I think my generation, hopefully, will have the vocabulary to be, I do it because it fulfills me, and a fulfilled Pete is a better dad, and a better partner, and yes. a better person, yeah. and frankly, I get scared if I start to vanish. You move, I'm saying for me. Yeah. So everything I'm saying about Mark Wahlberg is really just a mirror for me to work with my own stuff, right. and I'm a little bit haunted that, like, as much as I've learned and as much as I've sort of evolved spiritually, there's still a part of me that's like, yeah, but it feels really good to kill doing stand-up. And I'm like, I need to, I think I have, and I needed to find a way to make peace with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's the way that you are fulfilled. And that doesn't change that's when fun, you have kids. But yeah. I
0: don't have to say it's for Leela.
1: That's right. And, well, and I it think doesn't really what...
0: serve Leela for me to say it's for you because it's... It, That's a weird lie for her to process.
1: That's, you kind of got to the heart of why I think you have such an issue with this, which is that from your perspective, and again, your dad did the best that he could, and he was always, I guess he was, you know, shown and taught that a dad's job is to just provide for the family, and that's what makes a good dad. But from a child's perspective, dad is never around, I never see dad. Dad doesn't really know me. And then he's telling me that the reason that he's not here is for me. It's
0: my fault, basically. Exactly. Yeah.
1: That's what you're doing for me? How about spend some time with me and get to know me?
0: But this is what they do so brilliantly on Succession. Again, sorry, it keeps coming up. But in the pilot, there's a moment where they offer this family. It's brutal. Um, Roman Roy offers this kid who's like, Oh. I think it's the, land, the, the, the people who landscape. Yeah. It's the child of the landscapers, I think. They don't really explain who they are, but they're dressed in work clothes and they're on a beautiful property. Yeah. And he goes, I'll give you a million dollars if you hit a home run. And he writes the check. And the kid doesn't do it. He almost does it, mm-hmm. and he rips up the check in front of him, mm-hmm. and it's really sad. Yeah, you're like, oh wow, the rich well, people. Because you're also
1: like, a million dollars would change these this Absolutely. family's life for sure. It's a huge. And it was moment. too much pressure to put on a child. It's also
0: just wholly degrading. It's just yes. the most degrading thing. Yes, it's, a, it's and it's hor-
1: It's just it's horrifying. supposed to
0: be horrifying. Yeah. But then at the end of the show, you see these miserable fucks. In their mansion,
1: yeah, with
0: the heated floors and the marble countertops and the wood panel walls. And
1: I think it's important to mention that the ch- but the, when the child doesn't do it, he runs to his parents, and the parents are hugging him hugging, and, yes. and clearly and they, saying, and "Like they it's don't it's shame okay. him,
0: they don't yell at the, him." Yeah, they're saying meaning it's okay. they love him.
1: Yeah, they're their, loving their
0: him. attitude seems to be in that small verbal-less, wordless moment mm-hmm. is. We love you. We're so sorry. That must have been so scary for you. Yes. Something that the rich family never did. Yep. And then it cuts to them, this family in their apartment, and it is sort of like just like an average apartment. Mm. But there's a feeling of warmth. Like yeah. the mom is cooking, the dad is there. Yeah. The kid is sitting comfortably on the couch, mm-hmm. and they have they gave him a watch as a and to, to sign an NDA. Off. Yeah. They give them a watch. And you just get a sense. It's very elegant. They don't really spell it out for you. But you're like, this family is way, way, way happier than this family that is literally for fun tantalizing someone with a million dollars just for the thrill of ripping it up. Because it's almost like cutting. It's the only way they can feel something. And the only way they exist is in relation to poor people. So they want to goad and taunt poor people to feel alive and to reaffirm their identity. Yeah. Sort of like me every time I do stand-up. I reaffirm my identity as funny stand-up, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not...
1: It could even go deeper than that to like they... Roman is a son of this, this man and he has been like constantly feeling like he's never enough for his dad. So like wanting to set someone up
0: to not to be enough for experience his experience that, yeah. Brilliant.
1: So that he's not the only one feeling that. Like That's, that's right. how your unconscious comes out sideways like it existential It wants to theme.
0: project the pain you're feeling onto others.
1: Yeah. So that you're not alone in it.
0: And to help you understand it and to process it in some weird fucked up way. Yeah. But that family... That what you said to me about when Leela's fifteen, she won't care what I do Mm -hmm. was a real paradigm shift for me and a real gift you gave me Mm -hmm. when I was like, I thought as a kid that my dad is like the mayor of Somerville. He's like Mm -hmm. he's like this and I did pick up on how he related to people and I had pride. But really, I was just I was just remembering when he bought me these garbage pail kids. And I was is this, I, I had some weed last night, and I was stoned, and I was really getting in touch with my dad, giving me a pack of Garbage Pail Kids, and feeling that that was his love. Yeah. This isn't, by the way, the lesson where I go, it wasn't. It was just a material. I mean, as a kid, yeah. it was his love. Yeah. And that mattered more than knowing my dad can beat up your dad. Yeah. Like, that is not what kid, kids, I think kids are taught. I, I, I'm your dad. I can beat up that kid's dad. Mm. But that's not what we actually want. Yes. We just want a moment of pure connection. Mm-hmm. And that's why it always hurt my feelings so much when my dad would forget basic facts about me or of something.
1: Worse, Like
0: way worse than it should have hurt. I it think would be that like would such a trauma. would hurt
1: anybody. Yeah. You want to know your parents know you. If they don't know you then who's going to know you
0: right well yeah. sometimes i still get a call on march 31st for happy birthday and i'm like <laughs> my birthday's march 30th for some reason the family blurs 30 and 31 yeah and i'm like this is not it look i i'm i'm not saying this because this is a public forum i really do love them and i really do forgive all of that yeah but what i'm saying is it's what we always say on this podcast. People don't remember what you do; they remember how you made them feel. Yeah, and that's very literally true. Yeah, you could be Will Smith's character in The Pursuit of Happiness, and that kid loved his dad. Yeah. because of how he made him feel. Yeah, not because he was a hot shot, and the hot shots often make their kids feel invisible, which is what makes you challenge a kid to hit a home run for a million dollars because it pains all you know pain that's and. It. And negligence is all you know. So yeah. you—that's the the wound beacon looking for it in the world. So yeah. you start start looking for r- romantic partners that will wound you in the same way, mm-hmm. friendships that will wound you in the same way, business uh, endeavors that will wound you in the same way. Mm-hmm. And it's a real—it's a real awakening to go. Leela will not care.
1: Ring. Ring
0: what I do for a living. She'll care how I make her feel.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, yeah, her comparison, it also is like, we don't, we're, I think moving away from your worth is in what you do for a living. Like we understand that people are way more nuanced than that. And I think she's where there used to be moments maybe where you would feel proud that your dad was basically like the mayor of Somerville. She will have moments where you are like making her laugh at at the, you're being the silly one at like a birthday party and making all of her friends laugh. And she'll be really proud of that.
0: Sure. You know, or just I, you know what the parent moments that always meant the most to me is recognizing that something that is saying in reality needs to be done doesn't actually need to be done mm. And that's what I'm looking forward to doing with Lee It's like yeah. I don't This sucks why are we doing this and being like No you're right like knowing When is it a character building we should follow Through moment and when is it like Fuck this shit let's get ice cream
1: Yes I love yeah. that I, as,
0: as a parent Are you looking up a question or are we going to read a poem
1: I was looking up a poem
0: Let's just read a poem
1: Um Oh my god, that's so funny. What? Wait.
0: I'm going to put on music for the poem. For the poem. Sorry, by the way, everybody, that this came out on Monday. We, for the past week, have been uh, Iris-less. Iris helps with Leela. And that's the only time we get to record this. And she's back today, which is why we're here. And this is boring.
1: Yeah, well, I'm glad you said that, because we we should address the.
0: I'll probably say it again in the intro. (laughs) Are you ready?
1: Yeah, I'm... um, Yeah, this is like a really short one. It's another one by Hafiz.
0: Hafiz.
1: It's really short. That's what we say
0: in the... It's a joke in the house. Uh. Hafiz will say something so beautiful, and we go, Hafiz.
1: Hafiz. I hope we're saying that right. Okay, it's called a great need. Out of a great need we are all holding hands and climbing. Not loving is a letting go. Listen, the terrain around here is far too dangerous for that.
0: Mm.
2: Isn't that sweet?
0: See, I love that because that was another epiphany for me was People who are filled with hate often, I think, might be protecting themselves. Mm -hmm. Because if you love, for example, people, uh, immigrants Mm -hmm. coming into Texas from Mexico, if you love them, Mm -hmm. if you open yourself up to their divinity, their humanity, your brotherhood or sisterhood with them,
2: Mm -hmm. then
0: it hurts too much. So it's easier to go... So not loving is a letting go. Yep. Like so that's that helps me sometimes understand why people put up so many prejudices and so much hate is because it's so cost or it feels so costly feels, yes. to love. Yep. And it's too vulnerable and too too much investment. So yeah. you you hate cows. Fuck cows because you eat cows. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you need you need to do it.
1: Yep. I I was looking at this one other thing, but I don't know if I can Find it, but um, uh, that is it. And we've talked. I think we talked about it last time. That the only part that is scary about letting go or surrender is like the moment that you decide to do it, and right after that, it feels amazing. And like love is that that type of surrender. That's right. Where you feel like it's 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 going to feel like death but the other side of it is is open loving and this has just been a real theme for me this week too is seeing kind of the other side of these uncomfortable experiences that like the other side of like being overwhelmed with sadness and sobbing is driving then in my car and hearing a song and my heart being so cracked open that it just goes directly in. Mm -hmm. And I see how everything is love and everything is beautiful, but that wouldn't have happened unless I was cracked open. Yeah. And then the other side of fear, I'm really experiencing this is like a thrilling aliveness Mm. that like, if you think about fear in terms of right before you jump into the ocean or bungee jump or whatever the fear informs the rush Mm -hmm. and like so why can't my fear of like my my PTSD fear or my my the anxiety that arises in my body like that's the same thing the same thing is true for that that allowing it and holding it will lead me to the other side which is this intense buzzing aliveness Mm.
0: I love that, Mama.
1: Yeah. All right. That's enough. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Keep it crispy. So yeah. So crispy. My ice cream.